Hi, welcome to The Bug Plug, a podcast about all things insects, arachnids, arthropods, creepies, and crawlies. I'm Kaylee, and today we're learning about ticks. Okay, so not that you asked, but here's why we're here. Last weekend was Easter. Sadie's in the room. I'm so sorry if you hear dog clacking. I She's being really sweet this morning. I couldn't kick her out. She's the old one. She's so good. She's click clacking. Um, anyway, why we're here. Last weekend was Easter. Uh, we spent the weekend with family and like hiding Easter eggs with the nephews. And my husband and I both ended the night by, like, checking ourselves for ticks since we were out in the grass for hours. Um, And then yesterday, Saturday, the day before this airs, because I'm recording this the morning that it goes up, because I procrastinated this weekend. Um, Anyway, way off topic. Yesterday... My husband and I went hiking, and again, we ended the night by, like, looking for ticks before showering. Is that, like, a normal thing where you live? It feels very Oklahoman just to, like, habitually check for ticks each night after spending any time outside in, like, the spring and summer. So, this week we're learning about ticks just because, like, we did that, and I was like, man... Like, on Easter, not yesterday. This was written way before this morning. Um, So last weekend we did that. I was like, it's weird that this is, like, a routine for us. So I wanted to look into it. Anyway, here we are, ticks. We've learned about parasites in the past, so let's just do a real quick recap on that. There are several different types of relationships between living things. One of these is a parasitic relationship where one organism benefits from the relationship while the other suffers. So ticks are parasites that attach to, I'm going to say any animal, but we'll go back to that in just a second, Um, as a host to feed on the animal's blood. They are gross. Um, (laughs) I'm starting to think of something a little more positive, but I couldn't. There are something like 850 different species of ticks worldwide, with 90 in the United States. Ticks are actually arachnids with eight legs. I had no idea they were related to spiders before doing the research, so that was interesting. And they vary in size and can vary slightly in color, but most are like a dark brown or a tan color. And they're divided into two major groups, which I had no idea. I learned so much this week. So, there are soft-bodied ticks and hard-bodied ticks. Physically, the hard-bodied ticks are what we, or at least what I picture when I think of ticks. They have a round body that their eight legs come off of, and then like a small head that extends from the body. Real quick, the term head is not accurate. It's just their mouth parts. So, when you're looking at a tick, it does look like a head, but... Like, technically, it's not. And then the soft-bodied ticks, on the other hand, have their mouth parts, like, on the underside. 
and they just look like a blob with legs. I've never seen these in person. So this was shocking to me. I didn't know they existed. The two types have different mannerisms. So hard-bodied ticks are most active during the day, while soft-bodied ticks are most active at night. Hard ticks are like most often found in brushy, wooded, or like grassy, weedy areas, especially in like woodlands and vegetated areas at the edge of forests, along hiking trails, and in overgrown or like weedy, grassy fields. Um, and I say most often found, sorry, Sadie's making noises again. I say most often found because you do definitely have them like in your yard in certain areas. Um, so they're kind of just everywhere depending on where you live, but we'll come back to that in just a second. They like feeding on things like people, animals, reptiles, and some birds. Soft-bodied ticks are more often found in like animal burrows, dens, and caves, which is probably why I've never seen one. I don't hang out in a lot of caves. <laughs> Uh, life cycle wise, the two groups are also different. Um, most hard ticks are either a one, two, or three host tick, uh, which means, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Some species of hard ticks only have one host for their life. Some have two and some have three. After the ticks egg stage hatches, one larval, one nymphal, and then one adult stage follows. Mature, blood-fed female adult ticks will drop from the host and may lay like a large mass of a few thousand eggs and then die. The females don't lay their eggs on the host. And that's important just because like I didn't, realize that I don't know why I thought that I think because I was thinking of like fleas who lay their eggs just sort of anywhere that they can um so if you have like a flea you're gonna have a million fleas but that's not necessarily true of ticks if you have a tick you might not have a million ticks which I thought was interesting you may not care but I was like huh um and then depending on the tick species and like environmental conditions, those hard ticks can live from like two months to three years, which is crazy. I didn't know they lived for that long. Um, now for the soft ticks, the adult females will feed and lay eggs several times during their lifetime. So with the hard ticks, they just did it once and died. Soft ticks, they could do it multiple times. So most species of soft ticks do not bury themselves for like a long stay on a host. Instead, they feed quickly and then detach and then will return later for another meal, which is something hard ticks don't do. Once they're attached, typically they're on until like, like if they're a three tick or a three host tick, they'll detach at some point. But like, interesting. Also, um, soft tick nymphs may feed several times and go through several stages, which is something the hard-bodied ticks don't do. And then female adults that take multiple meals lay 
small batches of 20 to 50 eggs after taking each meal during their lifetime. And soft ticks can live up to, get this, soft ticks can live up to 16 years. Holy cow. My mind is just blown with this whole episode. The whole time I was doing research, I was like, whoa, I had no idea. Turns out I didn't actually know that much about ticks. I know to check for them and how to take them off and that's it. (laughs) So both types can transmit diseases, but because hard ticks are more likely to bite people than the soft-bodied ticks, they they transmit more diseases to us at a much higher rate. Okay, fun slash gross Kaylee story. I do a pretty good job of searching for ticks, like before I shower in the evenings especially in like the spring and summer. I found a tick, this was a few years ago, that I guess had been on me for a while and I just never noticed it because, okay, if you live somewhere where seed ticks are, you know they're so easy to miss. They're so small. If you don't live anywhere with seed ticks, look them up. They're tiny. But if you're somebody with a lot of like freckles or dark hair, I mean, you just miss them. So this tick was on me for a while and I had no idea. And like I pulled it off, but to be honest, the only reason I knew it was there was because the whole area was swollen, red, and hot. So I took it off, went to urgent care to get looked at and to be tested for like a few different tick diseases because I had never had a tick on me that like became obvious that something was going on. Like typically you see a tick and you pull it off and that's sort of the end of it. Um, So I was terrified. So they took me for, or they took blood for like Lyme disease, Rocky Mountain spotted tick fever, and something called Starry, which I had to look up, which is Southern Tick Associated Rash Illness. They all came back negative, but the bite was infected, so I got antibiotics. I was glad I went in. So the more of the story there is, Uh, if something looks infected, it probably is. Go get it looked at. (laughs) Another fun story. Have you heard that there's a weird tick-borne illness that makes you allergic to red meat? It's a thing, but not quite like that. So alpha-gal syndrome, that's alpha-gal, can be triggered by the bite of some ticks in the United States. And they're doing more research to figure out, like, which ticks, because right now they think, then it might just be the Lone Star Ticks. But there's a little bit of evidence showing that maybe it's not just Lone Star Ticks. So the CDC is doing a lot of research into this right now. We'll find out more, I'm sure, in a couple of years. But basically, it makes you allergic to a sugar called alpha-gal, which can be found in pork, beef, rabbit, lamb, venison, dairy products like milk and cheese, and then some animal products like gelatin. Alpha-gal is not in fish, reptiles, birds, or plants. The severity of reaction varies from person to person. So if you feel weird after eating like red meat, maybe go see your doctor and get tested. So some people get like gastrointestinal issues. Some people get like hives. It's an allergic reaction. So that really varies from person to person and from reaction to reaction as somebody who just like has a lot of allergic reactions. Um, so if 
all of a sudden you find yourself like enjoying a pork chop and then getting really sick after one maybe the pork chop was bad but two maybe you should get tested it's becoming a lot more common it's happening to a lot more people like my mom thinks she has it so it's just like a weird thing that you wouldn't think about that's happening anyway the occurrences of human infections of tick-borne illnesses are increasing as ticks are becoming more prevalent due to climate change. This means places that haven't had ticks in the past are now seeing them, and places that have had ticks in the past are having a lot more than usual, which means there's about to be a lot of ticks in northeastern Oklahoma because we already had so many. It's important to keep yourself safe from ticks and you know, I know where I live, a lot of people know this, but their diseases can be pretty nasty at best. I mean, some of them are deadly. So you really want to do your due diligence to make sure that you're keeping yourself safe. So what do you do? As someone who grew up somewhere with a lot of ticks, here's what I always knew to do to protect yourself. It's a straight Kaylee facts coming at you. So if you're going outside where there's like tall grass, lots of trees, that sort of thing, make sure you apply bug repellent. We talked about this with the mosquito episode, but bug repellent can repel ticks. Just make sure you're looking at the can and buying one that has DEET in it. I know some people are allergic to DEET, but you want to make sure you're using something that's going to actually repel the ticks. So ticks like some areas on your body better than others. This sounds silly and you look ridiculous when you do it. <laughs> but you're going to want to tuck your pant legs into your socks and tuck your shirt into your waistband because this creates a better barrier between you and the way most ticks get under your clothes. Now what I found <laughs> is if I'm wearing like yoga pants, I'll tuck them into my socks and then wear little hiking boots over and it's a cute little look. But I'm also safe from ticks, so you can you can make it a look, I promise. It sounds ridiculous, but you can. Um, apparently, they make clothes that repel ticks. I've never seen them, but it sounds neat. And then after you come inside, immediately take your clothes off. Check them for, like, loose ticks, because if they're on your clothes, they're, like, running around. You'll see them. Um... And then check yourself before hopping in the shower. So pay special attention to places where your clothes were tighter. Think things like the tops of your socks, the elastic in your underwear, the back of your bra, that sort of thing. If you're checking yourself that quickly, a lot of times you'll catch them before they're attached. And it's the creepiest thing to like, you take off your sock and there's like a tick running around on your ankle. But it's important to catch them before they bite because you can catch them before they bite. <laughs> you can catch them before they can infect you with anything. So it seems really creepy when you see it, but it's very important. So if you have a tick, here's what you're going to do. You're going to get some tweezers. Tweezers, that's the tweezer sound. You're going to carefully pull it off, making sure you get the head. Now... The Kaylee method is to get your tweezers, the good ones, that like, the good ones, and you pinch down on it and you rip it off, straight up. 
Because according to the CDC, by twisting or jerking the twig, the twig, the tick off, you're more likely to miss the head. Again, not a head, it's the mouth parts, but you know what I mean. So you pinch and you pull. Once it's in the tweezers, I always like to squeeze it, like to kind of make it explode. But you absolutely do not have to. I just like getting revenge on them. Um, and then I always flush them down the toilet. But according to the CDC, you can also put it in rubbing alcohol, seal it in a baggie, or wrap it tightly in tape. And then always clean the bite with alcohol and then disinfect your tweezers. We always just use rubbing alcohol for that part too. I mean, it's already out. Might as well. But my mom uses fire. Like she'll burn, she'll get a lighter and burn the tweezers. But then I think she also lights the ticks on fire too before she flushes them. I mean, when you, when you pull a lot of ticks off, you get to a point where you just really get annoyed with them. If you squeeze them, sometimes they explode with blood. Um, and that's kind of satisfying. If you light them on fire, they stink. So, as long as you're getting rid of the tick, don't just, like, throw it in the trash can. And then the CDC is also, like, don't pinch it with your fingers because you can embed the mouth parts that way. Always, if you're going to squeeze the crap out of it, always use your tweezers. And then dispose of it properly in a way that it can't, like, reinfect you. Uh, ticks will also get on your pets. So, same thing. Check them over. You remove them the exact same way. Um, and then of course clean the bite site. Same as people. Different from people though. <laughs> you can keep your pets up to date on flea and tick prevention, but it doesn't always keep the ticks off. So it's important to like, when you're just loving on them, check their fur. Um, so on a Kaylee story note, cause we've had a lot of those, we always give our dogs they're like flea and tick medicine on time always just because we have so many of them uh but once I was petting my little dog and I thought she had a mole and I was like oh weird so I like pull back her fur to check and see like did she just sprout a mole what's going on with her it was the biggest tick I've ever seen in my life um it was the first time I'd seen a dog tick uh so that was interesting but it was huge like, I'm trying to give you a measurement. Like, not an inch, but gigantic. And it was super attached. I felt terrible. Because, like, typically, I can, like, pinch a tick and pull it off and it comes off. This one did not. And she, like, yelped. And it was awful. Definitely a tick. I looked at it. I didn't pull a mole off. I was a little concerned that that's what I was doing. Definitely a tick. We did keep an eye on her to make sure she wasn't sick. And I brought it up at her next vet appointment. I think they did extra blood work, but I can't remember. But I felt so bad. Because, like, it was just, like, on the back of her neck. In a normal spot. Not covered by a collar or anything. Just right there. And, you know, you pet your animals a lot. How did I miss that? It was on there good. Um, oppositely, the big dog, Sadie, is um, like part German Shepherd, mostly German Shepherd. So she has that real thick, wiry fur. And 
you can always, like, when she comes inside, after being outside, she'll, like, lay down because she's old. She's tired. And you can see, like, tick, like a tick walking on her fur because they're trying to, like, get in it, but they can't. So that's always a lot of fun if you have a dog with real wiry hair um, and a real thick hair. It is still important to check their skin, but if you just look them over when they come inside, it's usually pretty obvious, like, oh, you have a tick. Hold on, let me grab that before it can even get attached. So that's always nice. So anyway, that's ticks. I'm looking at my recording timer, and this episode is so much longer than the others. So just like a real quick recap, there's two types, soft-bodied and hard-bodied. Hard-bodied are, hard-bodied are the ones that we see on ourselves a lot, but there is another type. Um, they're basically everywhere. Oh, something I didn't mention. There's a third type, but there's only one of them, and it lives in like a very remote area. We didn't go into it. I can do a whole episode on that one. Just because it's one tick. <laughs> Not one tick, one species of tick in its own group. And it's like in Western Africa, I think. I don't remember. But we didn't talk about it because why would we? But we can talk about it separately another time. Anyway, there's, there's two main types. They're basically everywhere. They can make you super sick. Check yourself and your pets for ticks, especially... If you're on my side of the world and we're getting into like warmer temperatures, they're out. Um, they crawl up from the grass. They fly down from the trees. Ticks are everywhere. You gotta watch out for them. Um, <laughs> that's it. That's where I'm ending this one. Thank you so much for learning with me today. I'll see you next week here on the Bug Plug Podcast.